0: Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Sharon, an adult ADHD coach and a parenting mentor from the functional family. Sharon talks about ADHD coaching and how it helps clients. She also talks about the ADHD brain's negativity bias, and we discussed two examples. I've tried that before, and that doesn't work for me. This conversation is a video recording that you can watch on YouTube. Let's jump into this Simply Happy guest conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organisational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritise your health. So today on Simply Happy Conversations, I have with me Sharon from The Functional Family. She is an ADHD coach and also a family parenting mentor who's passionate about helping, supporting ADHDers with strategies. So welcome, Sharon. Thank you for having me here. Oh, it's so nice to have you again. So you have been on before. It was back at episode 31. This is episode uh, 99. So it has been a while. (laughs) I feel like a lot has changed. A lot's What's happening, especially in the ADHD world? There's a lot that's happening at the moment. There is, isn't there? Actually, yes, yes. it is. Because that was 2022 uh, Feb, so it has changed. And yourself has, uh, like, your business has developed, and it's not just the mentoring, is it now with parents?
1: Yes, I'm doing a lot more with uh, individuals with ADHD. I would say my most common client now is actually mums
0: with ADHD. Oh, amazing! Yeah. So, late diagnosed as well? Yes, usually
1: late diagnosed. Usually their kids have got diagnosed and then they start thinking, oh, maybe those some of those things apply to me. And then, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of one-on-one coaching with um, women at the moment, which I absolutely adore. I love it so much. Our sessions are so fun and so engaging and I just fall a little bit in love with every client, I think. <laughs> so do you prefer that to the parenting mentor? I like both. both. And I think it's so nice to have the difference because, um, with one-on-one, it's very, it's very unique and, uh, individual to that person. When you're Mm. doing parenting strategies, and that's, you know, kind of what I'm known for, uh, it can be really quite, um, challenging working with both parents. And it's quite emotional for the parents because they're looking at it from a parenting perspective. And I actually like the differences of, of each product that I have. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I really quite like it.
0: Yeah. yeah it nice keeps balance. it interesting, doesn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so so your business has evolved then over since 2022. Is there any other changes that you've made since then? Oh, I love this. Oh, there's been so many changes. So
1: now- <laughs> <laughs> oh, your podcast oh yes. a start too. Oh, the yes. podcast. Yes. So there's a few um, things that have changed. So when I first started this business, it was all about Uh, supporting people or supporting families with ADHD because I knew, I know personally what it's like. You know, um, I've got a whole household full of ADHD. My, all three of my sons and my husband have ADHD and we've got some, um, other diagnoses in there as well. And I really wanted to support these beautiful families. And, uh, it was all about experimenting and creating systems, much like what you do with organizing, but creating them you know, also for procedures to do with ADHD. And um, through that, I was looking around going, oh, actually, there's a lot of parents that have ADHD here. And when we go to put in the systems, they haven't got the right support in place for themselves. And if I was going to do a better job of being able to help these beautiful families, I needed to be in a position to not only come at them with 101 strategies, but to support them with their own ADHD. And so I went back, I studied in New York at an incredible ADHD school for years. And now I am a certified ADHD coach as well. So I've got the parenting side of things and I've been studying ADHD for 13 years, You know, both informally and formally, and the lived experience combined with being you know, with having that coaching experience now. So we've got that. Um, That's the one-on-one side of things. And now I've also got a membership, a low-cost membership, because I recognized that a lot of people can't afford one-on-one coaching and they still deserve support and access. And we need to be doing better for these families. So I created a low-cost membership and I was like, every month we give them new experts, new um, new content, um, new templates to, imp- to help them implement the changes that we're implementing uh, for their family. And then, of course, the podcast. It's new, um, which I absolutely love doing. It's just been nominated for uh, for Best Podcast, actually, for the AusMumpreneur Awards. Oh,
0: congratulations. Got-
1: yes, thank you. Uh and I've taken out some awards too since we've last spoken. So I've taken out the Cooks Community Award and the local business awards and the Osmomperer awards and a leadership award and so that's not why you do these things but gosh it's good for publicity and I'll do anything that you know that you know helps me get the word out there that that we're here to support these mm. beautiful families. You know I want to yeah. start a conversation about ADHD. And so that's what um you know I these things are beautiful for for connecting and creating conversations about it.
0: That's amazing. Well done. Congratulations on all of those Thank awards. You. It's such a great defeat. And I suppose it is because how long is it since you started the business? Six years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So when I guess my
1: whole idea behind the functional family has really changed because at the start I was right in the thick of it and, you know, barely coping myself. And you know, really learning with my clients how to experiment and create things to make the, our home life easier. Because I was, you know, aware of all the psychological strategies that we can do for ADHD, but it was no good if our home life just sucked. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we had no energy and we were burnt out and we didn't have the emotional capacity to, to um you know, help my beautiful kids. And so it's a bit of a journey. Like it was, the business was like a hobby at the start. And now, it is definitely not a hobby. Like now I want to take on the world. Like I want to take on other ADHD coaches so we have got support for everybody. Um, I don't want anyone to feel like I did at the start when my son first got diagnosed when I walked out of that pediatrician's office Mm -hmm. with a photocopied pamphlet about ADHD and I was like looking like how on earth (laughs) am I going to raise a functional human? I can't even get him to put his shoes on. And I've got a photocopy (laughs) pamphlet. And to be fair, that photocopy pamphlet was, most of the facts were really outdated.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So a lot's changed and in a great way. And definitely even the conversations, isn't it, on social media and, you know, in the education system and things have changed a lot over the last few years around ADHD. So what are some of the, like, misconceptions that you hear? around ADHD well TikTok is yes. questionable
1: um so we, it's you know we've got uh lots of people posting things about ADHD on TikTok which is which is good some of them are amazing um but I think there was a recent study that's um reviewed a lot of the content and I think it was like 50 percent of the facts about ADHD on TikTok were incorrect <laughs> so you just got to be aware of that um, so in terms of what's changing in terms of the conversation, was that what you were asking? Oh, yeah, and like yeah, like the
0: misconceptions that are out there oh, that yes. come through like yeah, social media,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, so much. And just, you know, I think it is getting better, you know, like the misconceptions are like that whole naughty boy thing mm. or that you grow out of it or that, um, you know, it has to do with a, so- a certain socioeconomic group that they don't have ADHD in France, guys. Like
0: they oh, yes, that's do. Right.
1: <laughs> All of these things which are just, you know, I think we're all calling it for what it is now. Like yeah. uh, you know, and the the tidal wave of ADHD and change is coming. You know, we we are we are seeing, you know, we've just had a Senate inquiry about it. We're we're starting to see more and more people talking about um, uh, you know, talking with uh, you know, affirming language about neurodiversity mm. and things. And I, I think it's all very welcome.
0: Oh, definitely. And, you know, myself personally having a you know self oh not self-identified but formally identified later on in life because it's not really late is it it's still still valid no matter what time when it's happened um it's it's great to now have that self-awareness and I wish I could have had that as a younger you know child teenager but I don't and I have it now so I can use that to my advantage now
1: yes yes that's right now I'm so sorry Narelle can I just turn my air
0: conditioning off sure oh, lucky Sorry. lucky for you you've got air conditioning <laughs> Sorry. so then for you what are some examples of adhd coachings like things that you hear from adults some of the struggles but then some of the the examples of things that you've done or helped them see to help them move through yeah sure yeah so i'll talk a little bit about what adhd coaching is because i think yeah. there's
1: people don't yeah. really understand what it is first and then we'll go into an example mm. Um. So really, ADHD, an ADHD coach is someone who is specifically trained to work with people who have ADHD, and they view uh, any executive function struggles or any struggles that they're having in their life. It's kind of like a life coach who is um, using an ADHD lens uh, to help them make those executive function struggles easier. Um, so that's what we're looking at. We're looking at um, we know that, you know, time blindness organization, you know, you would know these things from your beautiful mm. job as well. Um, and so what we do is we partner up with them. It is a very collaborative process. Uh, it's a bit different to going to a therapist. We're not talking about, um, the past and things unless it's particularly relevant. Uh, we're about the practical things. Uh, we are about making, like making life easier. That's what it has to be first, right? Um and so what we do is we it's strength-based training. So we are drawing on uh the client's strengths and pulling some of those strengths into things that they're struggling with and seeing if we can make that a little bit easier for that client. And it is an exciting process. So you usually work with an ADHD coach for about a minimum of three months. You see them every two weeks um, over Zoom, usually. And uh we we set fuzzy goals. We don't like to say goals. For people with ADHD, usually they have a negative feeling when they say goals, <laughs> They go, Ugh. Um, So we say fuzzy goals or things that we're, we're targeting. And the client is the boss of the sessions, so they can decide what they want to do. And we, at the three-month mark, we check in just to help check that we're getting some results and we're on the right track. Um, and, you know, for some people, that's enough. Like they do really, really well. That's what they need. They need those skills. And how often, like are people getting taught about their incredible brains like they people just people just don't know the information so they're getting a little bit of um, information about the adhd brain but they're also learning how to harness it's the brain's potential and learning what to do in certain situations so it's not as stressful going through day-to-day life because as problems come up they know that they've got all these strategies in their tool belt they just go bam and they bring out a strategy that they know that they've got because they've workshopped it with their adhd coach and. uh oh, it's just such fun as well. Like I really, I love watching the client get that aha moment or feel like, get that confidence and start thinking, oh no, I've got this, I've got this. Something that they've beaten themselves up for their whole life. Um, they go, oh, you can see like the weight gets lifted off their shoulders and that's the bit that I live for. I love I love waiting for that moment where they get that confidence. And then they, they meet up with me in the next two weeks and I love hearing how they, um, you know, have conquered whatever was holding them back um, that we, we were talking about in the next session. So, for a specific example, I'm, I'm of course, not going to say any names because ADHD coaching is completely confidential, Um, but I had a beautiful mum that I was working with recently that, um, and I still am working with, that felt like she was failing at everything, failing at motherhood, failing at her job, failing at her relationship, failing at keeping house. She had all these really, really high expectations because we know with ADHD often comes with perfectionist tendencies, right? And it causes this massive roadblock because we can't get started because we don't want to get started until everything's perfect. (laughs) Or we get stuck in the planning phase. We go like, we have this big plan. We create a plan to make a plan and then the plan gets too exhausting and then we're too exhausted by the plan to start. So um, so there's a problem with uh, ignition, but also momentum. So It's, it's having that beautiful accountability. So what we did is we just started chipping away at things, uh, like limiting beliefs a lot. We chipped away at this lady's lovely, li- uh, you know, limiting beliefs that she'd been holding onto and creating just little tweaks in her day to day life. Where are the friction points? Where are the points that were zapping her energy? Because she really felt like she had nothing left, left to give at this point. It was close to giving up. Um, she was close to giving up. Sorry. And so we just tweaked little by little and over time you just see she started coming with a little bit more energy and a little bit more of a smile and to eventually where I was getting emails during the week going, I just did this <laughs> or oh, I just said no to someone which was a big,
0: <laughs> that boundaries, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just,
1: I just like I just executed a boundary, you know. And, um, and she was just so excited with every win. And it was just, we just started stacking wins on top of wins and to the point where, you know, she didn't feel like she was failing at everything. She felt mm-hmm. like she was winning, that the universe was actually aligning just for her. And that is the power of those little tweaks yeah. and just having someone in your corner to check in with you. Um, on how they're going as well. And often people with ADHD don't slow down enough. They're in perpetual motion or their brain is very busy. They don't slow down enough to actually celebrate the wins. So, marking those occasions is very important. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit yes. later. Mm-hmm. But um, also to stop and, and think about what's working and what's not.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, I and think so- that's really important, isn't it? That mm-hmm. reflecting on what is working and what isn't. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, because yeah. otherwise we just
0: keep going. And don't really go, okay, what, what is it that we could change? What's that tiny little thing that we could do that could yeah. make, you know, the hugest difference?
1: And sometimes it's having someone on your team, yeah. you know, that truly, you know, thinks you're amazing. That's there to help you with these things, you know, like just your cheerleader that's going, yes, we can do this. We've got mm. this. Like, what do you know about this? Let's have a look at it from a, from a, um, you know, from a top down perspective. You know, mm. how can we make this easier for you? Uh,
0: but but also I think like you are an advocate of ADHD and that would make a huge difference. Whereas you're generally, I feel that you're always explaining why you can't do something or why this is, a, you know, a struggle. Whereas you're not having to explain to you, an ADHD coach what the struggle is. They just understand and they're trying to help you and support you really isn't it that that's even right. the body doubling as well yes. I'm sure just having yeah. that accountability.
1: Uh, yeah and you've got someone that's on you that understands how your brain works that's there just for you mm. and you know on a personal note you know you look around my life all my favorite people have ADHD so I am a big big team adhd
0: so maybe then talk a little bit about because i loved this podcast episode of yours which i'll link to about the brain's negative bias and yeah like tell us about it and because i know for um organizing the two that i do hear a lot is i've tried that before and that doesn't work for me are the two negative biases that i will hear a lot okay well let's Let's T- talk delve about into negative that.
1: yes. yes. <laughs> so the ADHD brain we know has a negativity bias, right? So actually all brains have negativity yeah. biases generally, um, but the ADHD brain, it tends to stick in there a lot more. So there's a few reasons why. Um Number one, the ADHD brain struggles with short term memory. And we know that the negativity brain, like the negative chemicals that are released when you have a negative emotion stick around in your system for like three times longer than positive ones. So you've got a more, ch- you've got more chance of remembering the negative ones because they're around for longer. Your body responds to it for longer, it takes longer to get rid of those. Um, But also we've got RSD. So uh, for mm. those of you that don't know, we've got rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria, and the easiest way I can explain that is we often have it sort of, ex- we people with ADHD feel things extremely. easiest way I can explain it is when I receive a text message, I read it, hey, I'm going to be late, start without me. Like I read it in that tone. When my husband gets a text message, he reads it, hey, I'm going to be late, start without me.
0: <laughs>
1: he is... <laughs> So it's the same text message, but we're perceiving a different tone. And that, if you take it across a lot of social situations, not just reading, is how he perceives things. Like he perceives things as a slight jab or attack all the time. He has to work really hard to overcome RSD or to, to ask the questions like, okay, what are the facts here? Do I actually have evidence for, you know? That being a negative experience, it changing that, um, you know, that if what if to an is what actually is. Give me the facts. Give me the facts of the situation. Um, so when you're talking, so we know that we're prone to a little bit of negative, a negativity bias, right? We're prone to a bit of, uh, collecting the negative. Uh, and they're quite, you know, the, the brain is good at going to the negative. Everyone's is so, and we know that ADHD brain is better at it. So when you come across things in like your job for organising, and you set, you mentioned you hear that that pattern of thinking, I've tried that before. That's a bit of a brain trick, that one, because when someone says like when you start talking about a strategy, and they say I try, I tried that before, or they don't even say it, they think it I've tried that mm. before, yeah. How often have we been in the seminar or something and they, they start talking about, you get the gist that you might have already heard it before. And that's your brain going, well, I'm only going to half ass be here right now because I'm going to check out and think about what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. Right. So it's a, it's a, it's actually just distracted thinking. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a way of checking out. And so that's okay for when we call it what it is. It's, it's a distraction because we never know. What someone's going to do with that information. We never know if they even if it is the same information, how they're going to present it. We're never going to know what we're going to absorb differently this time. Like you can watch the same movie three times and go, Oh my gosh, I've never seen that bit of the movie before. Like that changes everything. Yeah. Um, so we just have to be aware of, I've tried that before, uh, because we don't know what's going to work for us now. We're different. We're evolving. There's neuroplasticity. We are changing all the time. Uh, things things change. What works for us changes. Um, and the other one that you mentioned, that doesn't work for me. That is valid, but I I want to delve in. The coach in me wants to go, okay, why? Why doesn't it work for you? Um, did we stop at the time to analyse why it didn't work? Is it a, just a limiting belief? You know, is it a bit, bit like me saying, oh, I'm not very good at finances? Yes. Um, <laughs> because it's a limiting belief. Why? What can we do? What system can we put in place to help you with this? Um, Is it something that you have been told? Like an example of this is my best friend spent 28 years of her life thinking she was allergic to seafood. Turns out she's not. Her mum's just allergic to seafood and somewhere in her childhood she picked up that there's an allergy to seafood but not absorbed all the information and she actually oh, wow. doesn't have an allergy at all. It's mum's <laughs> allergy. Like we just absorb this stuff. Yes. Right? Like from our parents sometimes. So is it, is it something you've been told that maybe you're not good at or that's not going to work because you heard it somewhere sometime? Um, and is it still relevant? Because we are always changing. We, uh, what, what works now might not work in the future. What works, you know, in the, you know, what worked in the past might not, might not work now, you know? Mm. Um, so. All of those things are, you know, just good to question. So when you hear those things coming up, uh, is, it, is it a trick? Is, do we need to analyse it? Do we need to talk about it? And it still might be valid. That's okay. Mm. But
0: it's worth spending a couple of minutes on there and just seeing Cool. Definitely. I know with that one that doesn't work for me, it's like, oh, that's okay. We could we can try and we can always put it back. Like I uh, like try something out, nothing's put in concrete. We can always move things back. And when I put that, they're like oh, you just change it all back. And I went, of course I would. So that is definitely something that helps us to then move past it, try something out. And then if we need to tweak it again, like that's one of the things I love about my job is being able to always come back and revisit it and move it around. So yeah, it's a great tip though, to check in as to where is that coming from? Generally it is, you know, it seems to always, when it does come up, it's from childhood Oh, it seems to be a lot of things, yeah, that come up mm. for us, yeah. Oh, that's so yes. good. I love how you've unpacked that because um, especially around the chemicals in the brain with ADHD, is there any other than ADHD chemicals that you find really stand out that, that sort of maybe stop things from moving forward in particular? And uh- I'm just throwing you an extra question, <laughs> but I know that like, yeah. Is there any other things that come up for you that you see that could be like stops people from moving forward around the chemicals in our brain?
1: Well, I think um, not in terms of chemicals. I mean, uh, there's a lot of dopamine seeking, yeah, and sensory yeah. seeking and sensory that's, avoiding that's what I'm behavior.
0: Yes. The dopamine seeking, because I also heard about the dopamine, um, a low dopamine morning Have you heard about low dopamine mornings and doing activities to get a low dopamine morning and so that later in the day you actually will last longer? So, yes.
1: I love that. I mean, we know that people with ADHD, like they're, you know, seeking dopamine a lot Mm. of the time, right? Like we do like dopamine dressing. We do dopamine, like sugar and all the things like seeking these behaviors that, um, are seeking things that give us that dopamine hit or at least stimulate uh feel like they're stimulating a little bit of dopamine. Um, you know, but it's bigger than that too, in the way that some people are just like need a high sensory input. We need mm-hmm. a high sensory diet, and other people are sensory avoiders and it can chop and change between the things. Um, but it's worthwhile at least knowing, like or analyzing what your patterns are, because yeah. most of us move through life not really even knowing. Like not even knowing these things about ourselves, but how much power is it knowing? Like you know, there's freedom in knowing because you can go even with dopamine seeking behavior. You can go, oh, this is
0: what I'm doing. Like, and I'm oh, exactly. the pressure off. Yes, yes. Look, <laughs> I will do dopamine seeking. For me, is my job just going and organizing. I get the biggest high from it. So, if for example, like client cancels last minute I'm like okay I'm just going to go home and do a little bit of organizing at home of something that I need to do just to get that dopamine hit and then I'll be able to sit down and do work so but if I didn't have that awareness you know in the past I might have then beaten myself up why are you doing this this is just wasting time you should be doing stuff on your computer instead but now I understand that I'm just seeking dopamine from what's happened and and I'll feel good and I'll you know keep going then for the rest of the day so yeah and
1: there's so much power in that because mm. what I and that's the power of the diagnosis as well like yes it is giving being able to to know yourself understand yourself like you know learn about your own brain what it needs what it what the requirements are for you to have a happy functional life and also give yourself grace like mm. it's it's okay that you you know once you know that you can go oh this is a pattern I'm running or this is something that I do. This is what I need to do to feel comfortable in this situation. And that is perfectly okay. Yes, that is perfectly
0: okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So for you right now, then just something I forgot to ask you at the start, but I'd Mm -hmm. really like to know, is there something like a spin at the moment, like a special interest that you've got at the moment?
1: Yes, I Before am really oh I'm into at the moment there's a bit of a misconception going around that like, people with ADHD can't learn habits right oh. yeah, like okay. I just like, hear it from clients a lot like, oh no, I can't do I can't get new habits and stuff um and I'm not sure where this came from because people with ADHD can learn new habits, right It just takes them a little bit longer. So what takes a longer more repetition to do it, but once they pick up a habit, They tend to hold on to it a lot better than even neurotypical people. So they are really good at maintaining them once they get it. So, like, think about how often you've lost your handbag. I would say probably never, right? Like, ever. Like, we are good my glasses, (laughs) all the time. But somewhere you've picked up the habit to have that handbag, right? So we can do a habit. And so now my particular interest is about educating people about habits, how to establish them, how to use them to kick your brain into neutral so you're not having to actively Mm. think about it, but also habit stacking. So building on other habits that you have that that are currently working out really well for you, we can stack some stuff into those to make things easier. Because everything that I do and everything that my company is about is just making day-to-day life easier because I acknowledge that, you know, I live it as well. We have mm. to make life like it's we we're only here for such a short time. It has to be joyful, functional, and I want to have more fun. Mm. You know, I, I, there needs to be more time for that time. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I will always lean towards strategies that give people more time, joy, and functionality, and fun because... Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that habit stacking, like it is, it's about also, isn't it, that dopamine, that mo- motivation to keep going. And if it's an interesting gamified almost habit, it's going to stick, isn't it?
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that's, the, that's you've nailed it there. Like exactly what is interesting to that person. Mm. That's the bit because the ADHD brain loves to do things that it's interesting to them. So you've got to, that can t- change between person to person, right? So we're, we're just narrowing in on what that person finds
0: interesting. So we can go, boom, there it is. Let's do, let's do that. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing that. That's great. I love, love hearing what people's, you know, interests are at the moment and what they're what they're researching or doing, especially business owners, because they're always looking at some particular area, aren't they? Um, because yeah, you ask them what's that? What do they do in their free time? They're like, well, I just work on my business. But there's always <laughs> something that they're really interested in. So, how can people connect with you, Sharon
1: Yes. So on Instagram and Facebook, I am at the Functional Family. Let's see the handle and my website is thefunctionalfamily.com dot And you'll and see there. There's you know the podcast, everything there. Oh, the, the podcast called podcast. ADHD and Family.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's not called. Cool. You couldn't get the Functional Family. <laughs>
1: Well, I wanted ADHD in the title. So, yes, I chose ADHD, um, ADHD families. I'll get that
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I'll include all those in the show notes. But thank you for your time and sharing your wisdom with us again today. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you'd like a clutter-free home and clear mental space to be able to focus and get stuff done, then join me for an introduction to yin yoga. These yin yoga shapes have been selected to balance your base and heart chakra so that you feel grounded, supported, accepted and connected and can reduce mental and physical clutter in your life. Get immediate access to the free short videos and take the first step towards a clutter-free home and mind. Head to simplyhappy.com.au in the resource section and start today. I'd like to acknowledge the Watheron people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.